Dub Nation, it's DP2 here. The Morning Roast with Bonte Hill and Joe Shasty is live on YouTube and Twitch right now. It's time for you to like and subscribe. You know, B, I was down bad this weekend. use GP2 against SGA. All right, let, let's see. 38 points. <laughs> I was down bad this weekend. Let, let, me, let me walk you through my weekend very uh, quickly. Uh, Friday night, uh, nice dinner with the family. It was great, but watching the Warrior game was very frustrating. <laughs> Very frustrating. Bad's at work at it and seeing Draper in the other room saying, hey, the Keys came back against the Suns. It won a game. I don't want to hear from Draper. Draper, I'm behind enemy lines wearing no Eagle gear at a Niner game. I don't want to hear was from he at the, Was he at the game yesterday? Yeah, he put a video out there. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know he wanted to check out the best team in the NFC. He knows. That's fine. Um, and so, you know, Friday night, Warriors lose. And it was very hard to swallow. Saturday. It's telling me. Yeah, Saturday. I'm down a player. I don't know if it made much of a difference. St. Phillips destroyed us by like 25, 30 points. Could have beat us by 60. I, I, a little birdie told me about you and uh, your assistant coach. They said your assistant coach makes Bobby Knight look like a saint. Who said that? Oh, you know, streets talk. Justin LeBar? No, 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 no. The streets talk, though. Bobby Knight look like a saint. Who's that? Guido? <laughs> yeah, was that your assistant coach? Yeah, Guido's on my bench. Oh, I heard he's intense. He's intense. Is that the one? Yeah. I'm not that intense. No, I heard he put, man, I heard you coach the staff. Was this at the game? No, 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 no. I heard through the grapevine. You got to understand, I've been coaching for almost 20 years. <laughs> This boys team, and I love all these kids, they don't listen more than any boys team I've ever had. Girls listen. These boys. No, <laughs> girls listen. Baby Chaz on lie one. No, no, I'm saying like in a, in a team element. Oh, okay, girls gotcha, listen better gotcha, than boys, gotcha. right? And they yeah, execute yeah, yeah, yeah. game plans. I could run 15 plays okay, with my okay. girls' teams. My guys' team, we can't even master one inbound play. Anyway, point being, I lose big on Saturday. And then I find out Otani goes to the Dodgers. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I needed, well, like, like, like the new hope, I needed Obi-Wan to come save me. As in my 49ers, I needed a 49er win Whoa. bad. I needed it well, bad. Needed and it the to Niners look like delivered. It did. No, the Niners have been delivering for multiple weeks. Because last week, it was the Warriors boy a 22-point lead against the LA Clippers on a Saturday afternoon. Right? And you're thinking of yourself. And then I'm a Florida State fan, so I'm knowing that Florida State was going to get jobbed going into that Sunday. It was like, boy, back-to-back weekends. Warriors lose to the Thunder. They commit 29 turnovers. They give up 35 points off those turnovers. All right. They foul multiple times. SGA does what he does. Check gets fouled on three-point attempt by Draymond Green. You go to overtime. I mean, why is Draymond that, going for the steal? I, I don't know why he gambled, but we don't have to talk about it. Highest IQ player of all you know? time, if you just ask him. Deal. And he constantly makes really weird decisions late in games. Deal Tiny stuff. Absolutely incredible. Deal Tiny stuff happens in the morning. He's got the Dodger blue logo up. The LA. Thinking, yeah, we... Like we're not surprised he really went to L.A., but just the reality it's of the, worst the reality, for him to go. the reality of for we me. have to play the Dodgers eighteen That's... times a game, and we have to see Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, Will Smith, and some other prospect. And Walker Bueller bring up. coming back. And Walker Bueller coming back. And James Outman, back. who was yeah. also awesome. Yes. <laughs> so you get all those. You get all that happening Saturday. So I'm thinking, boy, I'm gonna go to the Haiti fight, get my mind off the Giants, because right now the Giants are a mid tier organization. I'm not mad at the fact that they. Didn't no. get Otani because I never believed they were going to no, get Otani. No, but I'm disappointed Otani went to that but, team. But the Giants weren't even in the top three. I know. but I, I, I'm And, and it took $70 million a year to get them, which we were talking about. People called us crazy, Shasky. It's like we threw out the numbers. Hey, I'll from 70 a year. But this is uh, that's the cost of doing business with the big boys. Today's not the day. And we're not a big boy organization. That's the reality I of know, it with I the know. Giants. Today's not and the it's day a for good the deal gi- for them financially. Oh, yeah, because he's going to defer a lot of money. I don't even want to. But you know what? 
That's why we have the 49ers. Yeah, but thank the God. The 49ers, 49ers get it. That's what I'm saying. They're bringing thank in God. premium players. Thank God. They have a premium player playing quarterback in Brock Purdy. They have premium wide receivers, premium tight end. And, yeah, it wasn't pretty at times yesterday. But, you know, my thing, division games just are, are different. They need – and, like, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this journey. I need them to win the Super Bowl this year so right. bad. Just to just, but you know what? This is the year. The first step this is the year. Up. The first step is winning a division. Yeah, I agree. They're close to winning a division title. I thought for some reason that they could clinch yesterday. They needed uh, the Rams to lose last week to clinch. Was that what it was? Yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like I knew that like they clinched a playoff right. spot, which is locked in. But I wanted them to get the division yesterday. So, I was hoping they could get it. So they'll get the division next week. Yeah. They got to just they keep beat winning. Beat Arizona. Just keep winning. Because now... You control your destiny. Absolutely. You went out, 49er feds, and you will be chilling at home for the NFC playoffs. That's right. The Niners took over the number one seed in the NFC yesterday with the Cowboys beating the Eagles. So all around, a great Sunday. A great Sunday for 49er feds. One of your quarterbacks playing like the MVP of the league. Two of your wide receivers are humming right now. George Kittle's in the offense. Chris McCaffrey's going to win the Offensive Player of the Year award because he looks like Marshall Falk all over again. He's up 250, 300 yards on the next closest running back in the league. He's going to run away with the rushing title. Run away with it. I know. First time since Frey Gord had the 1695? Or did more, somebody else have more? 1695, I believe, is the is rushing that, record. That was with Norvell Turner as the offensive coordinator and Larry Allen as your left guard. Yes. So, so you got that cooking. I mean... We have an embarrassment of riches, so let's focus on the positive, which are the 49ers. I'll go to the line, Joe Chasky. Waterman and Corda Madera. Waterman, what's happening? You're on the roast. Morning, fellas. Happy Victory Monday. The sun is shining. The air is crisp. The Eagles have been <laughs> exposed, and the Niners are the number one seed. It feels good. Oh, it Gentlemen, feels great. I, high praise for the team. It wasn't our best game by any means. I think they left at least two touchdowns on the field. But, uh, you know, the ball doesn't bounce our way sometimes, but a good team still overcomes that. Offensive line, I thought, did solid, gave Brock some time on those long throws. Want to give them some praise. They get, we get, they get trashed a lot. They did, they did good on those long throws. Thankfully, gave them the time. Defense, absolutely solid. And I don't want to hear any more about Brock not being able to throw the long ball on time, right in the breadbasket. Watching that was so fun. To see him, I mean, it was, it was, it was reminded me of Joe and Steve back mm. in the day, throwing mm. to Jerry and John and, and, and Brent Jones. And so, it, yeah, just, just solid, solid win. And uh, I just want to, you know, thank you guys for taking my call. And it's, it's really good to be a Niner fan right now. If it, it certainly is. Chasky, he brought up my tennis, Steve Young. I remember the first time we saw Brock Purdy against Miami. And I'll never forget that caller called. Literally, the first segment said, this guy reminds me of Joe Montana, and I ran him off the air. So like, come on, man, let's not do this after one game. But after a full season, after what I've seen yesterday, I said to myself, I'm watching the statue guy. This just feels different with this quarterback. You know what Rocco keeps texting me over the last two months? He's the next staff. In terms of the way everyone adores him yep. and the way everyone sleeps on him nationally mm -hmm. and how we internally here in the Bay Area view him as he's a superstar. He is. It's hard to Why disagree Why are we afraid to say that? No, it, it is. There's no more. I don't think anybody's going to laugh at us when we say he looks like a young Brady. If he was drafted third like Trey Lance was right. overall, would we have any issue saying no. he's a superstar? But that's what makes the story better. I know. Is that he wasn't. But he is a superstar. Is that he was found in the seventh round. Literally with the last pick. I don't I never want that to go away. 
I know, like, we're, I'm over the draft positioning. Uh -huh. when guys, it's a baller. With, when, when did we stop talking about being a six-round pick with Brady? Three Super Bowls? Three Super Bowls in. <laughs> I mean, and I, even then, you go back and you say Brady was a six-round pick. But it's like a footnote. Like, now you're looking back on his career. It is a, a footnote. footnote. But it's it, not the lead right. dog. But I never want that to go away. No, I hear you. I never want those footnotes to go away. It's like, yeah, Brady was a six-round pick. And that's why we compare a young Brock to a young Brady because the similar similarities in draft positioning. Brady was a six-round pick in afterthought. But the thing I think of when, when you talk about Montana, Montana was known for balancing the football yeah. out to all the playmakers and getting it to the right guy, playing point guard and distributing the ball. He was always scrappier than he looked. He was always tougher than he looked. Quicker than he looked, better pocket presence than he gave credit for. His arm was always better yep. than people gave it credit yep. for. Yep. His touch was as good as anyone ever, and his ball placement accuracy was next level. Those are all the things that Brock Purdy does. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're talking all about Brock, things. right? Real quick on McCaffrey, because I know you brought him up about how great he's been and what's the greatest running season of all time. In 13 games, he's got the 10th most yards ever for a running back in 49er single season history. That's incredible. Right now, he's number 10 in terms of all-time numbers. And one good game, and he's going to be in the top five. Wow. Wow. You're looking wow. at, basically, Wendell Tyler, Charlie Garner, Frank Gore, Frank Gore, Garrison Hurst, and Delvin Williams from Kansas. Uh, all are in that 1,200-yard range. He's at 1177. So if he has one of his normal games, which is about 90 yards a game, if he has one normal rushing game, he will be the fourth best 49er rushing season Let's of all time. What's the number one? Is it on Frank, a team with 3,000 yards. Is it Frank Gore, 1695? Frank Gore, 1695. Number two is Garrison Hurst in 98, that 98, 98 offense season that yep. we referenced, 1,500 yards. Wow. And then Roger Craig, 1988, 1,500 yards. I want, I want McCaffrey to get that 1,500. I do too, but if he doesn't, it'll be because they don't need him to. All right. No, so look at this. Most games with the rushing touchdown and receiving touchdown in the same game in franchise history. Well, Christian McCaffrey's tied with Roger Craig for five of those games. He's tied with Roger Craig and Jerry Rice for five of those <laughs> That's games. Insane. But up in the rear, two games behind him, Debo Samuel. He's had three games in which he's had a rushing and receiving touchdown in the same game. Christian McCaffrey, most games with 100 or more rushing yards, active running backs. Well, Christian McCaffrey has 20 of those games. Derrick Henry's number one with 37. Nobody's going to catch him. Nick Chubb, 30. Zeke with 30. Dalvin Cook with 21. And Christian McCaffrey now with 20. And really, he could have a lot more 100-yard games if they gave him the ball more. Like, think about those guys. Those guys are getting 25 carries a game with those teams early on in their careers. Chris McGaffrey gets 15, and he has 95 yards. It, it, it's just they're so explosive and efficient. It's unbelievable. So how about I'm this? surprised. Like, honest to God, I'm legitimately surprised that guys aren't frustrated. They aren't getting the ball. Like, I know that they've won so many games no, and winning you know why. tamps it down. Because you know, they balance it yeah. out. Everyone no, 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 gets no. their you know shots. Why? You know why? This and why this has become one of the more fun teams and more lovable teams in Niners history. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about that. There's one goal. It's to hoist a Lombardi. Yeah. But in the meantime, as they get there, as they go through this journey, they're having fun watching everybody else eat. Think about Ayuk celebrating in the end zone when Debo scores a touchdown amazing. in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Christian Caffrey has a 72-yard run to start the game, and he's pointing at Brandon Ayuk saying, hey, that's the way you block. Uh, That's the way you block. His block you know what I mean? Field is unbelievable. Debo Samuel giving the ball to a lineman. Yeah. Hey, you spike this football. Yeah. They're having fun as a team. Yeah. And that's what's special. How about this? Debo Samuel, most rushing touchdowns by a wide receiver since 1960. Since 1960, most rushing touchdowns by a wide receiver. Number three, Eric Metcalf. He had 12 games. How are we going to describe 12. him? Uh, hold on. Look at this list. Eric Metcalf, 12 touchdowns, number three all time. 
or number three since 1960. Most rushing touchdowns by a wide receiver. Bobby Mitchell, number two. Wow. All right, Bobby Mitchell, number two with 18 touchdowns. Debo Samuel, number one since 1960 with the most rushing touchdowns by a wide receiver. Most rushing touchdowns by a wide receiver since 1960. It's Debo Samuel, 19. We, we, we throw That's the word incredible. football player around a lot. Is there any other guy that it more embodies than Debo Samuel? Like I don't. No. I think when we talk, you know, football ten, player. Ten years from now, we talk about who he is. Like I'm not going to say wide receiver Debo Samuel. You say playmaker. That's what I'm saying. The guy was a playmaker, game changer. And how many coaches could maximize Debo? Not many. Not many. Maybe Andy Reid and McVay. Hey, think about this: Shanahan, Lynch, Adam Peters went out and drafted this guy. Molded him into the perfect player for their system. Yeah. Maybe it looks different in another system, but he's perfect for the. I always compare Debo and Draymond Green together because I, I believe they're both enforcer types. Mm. But Dr- Debo does play offense. But the Tony likes to set physically. It resonates throughout that sideline. Yeah. It resonates throughout the game. It resonates with his fan base. He's just a tone setter. So 10 years from now, when we say Debo Samuel, and he's getting honored by the 49ers, we're talking about a ring of honor type of dude well, 19, with the way he's stacking seasons like this. 19's never going to be worn by anyone else. I was explaining to the boys when I took him to the game, yeah. uh, you know, what the numbers up on top right. of the press box, like what they signify. And they're like, well, how many guys do you think on this team are going to be up there? Wow. And I was like, well, I, I think 71. Yeah. I, I think 23. What about 85? I think 85, but also Vernon deserves his credit, yeah, too. Like, no I think doubt. 85 should be a duality right. number, right? Like, just my opinion. Um, I think 19. I think 97, which is already up there for Bryant Young. <laughs> right. But I think Bosa, and I think 54. Wow. I mean, wow. that's not like, think about that. I know. So, speaking of Kittle. Think about that. They've built a juggernaut. They have. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan built this from scratch. And I think that's the part, as they've added Trent and added CMC, building it from scratch I just think it hits more. It hits so, harder for Niner fans. How about this? All time. Fewest amount of games by an NFL tight end to reach 6,000 career receiving yards since 1970. Give it to me. George Kittle has the fourth fewest games to reach that mark. 95. On a run first team. On a run first team. Where Kellen he's Winslow. known as a run blocker yep. before a pass catcher. Kellen Winslow, 94 games. Wow. Took him. Travis Kelsey took him 91 games. Took Gronk 86 games. <laughs> I mean, Gronk. So George Kittle's on the short list. I mean, they're just rewriting the record books. Let's go to the lines. OJ, OG in San Jose. OG, what's happening? Unbelievable. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is super exciting. Um, I just wanted to add that uh, I totally agree. Brock Purdy is really the next generation uh, of babyface assassins for the 49ers. I and mean, we have had a Super Bowl drought now for about 30 years. And I feel like he's here to break that curse for us. Just like Buster Posey did for the Giants, Steph Curry did for the Warriors, I think Brock is going to do it for us. I, I just get an amazing feeling from him. The, the throw he made to Debo uh, was immaculate. And it, it was just super Montana-esque. He hit him in stride. They burned Jamal Adams. It was just absolutely fantastic to watch. You know, this this team gives me 1989 vibes. Oh. Uh, more than 94. Mm, why they're is that? very, very similar. You know, they're, they're stacked on defense and on offense. Uh, when they went up against Denver in 89, Denver had the number one defense in the league, and they put up 55 points against <laughs> them. Um, you know, th- this, this mentality, as well as the way Purdy's playing, he just reminds me of Montana. He might be the second coming. Right. Uh, I don't see much difference in terms of how Montana played that season and how Purdy's playing now. You, you know, just look at the tape. 
I, so, I, I, go ahead, finish up, OG. No, no, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that uh, we just got to stay healthy and uh, you know get that number one seed and make it through the bye, and then you know we'll see what happens. It it's does feel like they're on a mission. Like it just it feels like they're on a redemption tour. When they won in eighty eight the Niners, they all talked about how like they had to like validate it by winning again. But they wanted to win without Bill Walsh. That built in motivation, not having Bill Walsh, because at a time they thought Bill Walsh held the offense back a little bit and that next year Mike Holmgren was like, Yo, we're going deeper. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna stretch the game vertically. It was a coronation also of Montana yep. and Rice and you know, everything that they had. And they were gonna get a three peat. <laughs> I mean, I know no one wants to So you bring up three peat. And this is where I'm at now. If they can just get this one, <laughs> they gotta get. Because one. as I'm watching the game, and I, you know, I knew you looked at me crazy. I'm, I, I thought I was watching a statue guy in Brock Purdy yesterday. When I mean a statue guy, I mean a guy. One day we're going to be rubbing his statue, saying, one, "Once upon a time, Brock Purdy played quarterback here, and he turned out to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in 49ers history. He's putting on the best season as a 49er quarterback since at least 1994, and he may be playing better than Steve Young did in that 94 season. He's a Pro Bowl, like he, he's at a least legitimate a Pro, Bowler. Pro Bowler, not but, this like fake talking, like two guys bowed right, out no, and you became. He's for, a Pro Bowler. Forget Pro Bowler. This guy's playing like a first-team All-Pro. Agreed. First-team All-Pro quarterback. Agreed. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, if you could just get the one, if you get the one with these playmakers all coming back, because they're all locked up. We're going to lock up Brandon Ayuk. Debo's locked up. Kittle's locked up. Trent will probably come back for another year. You're going to be in a position to go back-to-back. With the cap expanding. With the cap expanding. So this could be the beginnings, the rumblings. It's a great Tim Roy said back in 2014-15. Hey, Bonte, I think we're, you know, we're, we're upon the golden era of Warriors basketball. And four championships later, you're like, boy, Tim was right. <laughs> well, this could be it for the 49ers if we could just get that one. And you got the quarterback in place. You got the receivers in place. You got the running back in place. You got a young offensive line. Aaron Banks is going to get better and better. Yes. Brindle's playing better and better. Yeah. Burford's had a solid season. You know, McKivitz, we don't talk about him enough. He's actually been good this year. He's actually, we don't talk about the line no more. I know. And Trent, you know, if he wins one, he's going to come back and ride it out for these for these guys for another year. Everybody's locked up on team-friendly deals. The only one is Ayuk and Chase. Yeah, and, he, and, and they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. I, I, I know. I, I totally So this could you. be the beginning of a dynastic run, but you got to get the one. Absolutely. You got to get the one. You know, it, it's... um. It's pretty it's pretty special what we're watching right now. Right. And it does feel like they found the flaw in the algorithm of the salary cap. Like when Steph signed that suppression yep. deal for eleven million dollars yep. a year because of the ankles, yep. it enabled them to be able to yep. afford Clay and Dre and bring in and Kevin then, Durant the, as the, and the cap television expanded. cap. Yeah, the television. The, it feels like yep. the algorithm now that they've broken the computer is, you know, Brock making nine hundred grand. Wow. I heard what was what was the stat? He's making nine hundred grand. He'd have to play, you know, eight hundred years for Otani's contract to match up with Brock something, Purdy's. Something like that. You get a you get a bowl, right? Because here's why I'm thinking. This is why I'm bringing up the Super Bowl real quick. So asking because we are watching Philadelphia last night, and boy, it feels like that window's shrinking. Boy, they look tired, and boy, by them not winning that one last year, the pressure for them this playoff run after coming so close last season, they might not. They may never get back to that point again. Well, I look at think about how tough it's been for the Niners to get back to that point. But I think the difference between the Niners and the Eagles is the Niners are better at defensive personnel. Yeah, they have loaded their D line, but outside of D line, like they 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 acquired a safety who at at the you know middle way through the year, 
I don't think they can afford another injury in that back half, no, whether can't. it's the, the linebackers, the safeties, cornerback play. Well, like, it's tapered off. The Niners have weathered the storm of losing Hufunga and have been pretty good. Well, now, at some point, it might expose them. But you look at their linebacker depth, you look at their safety depth, you look at their cornerback depth, all of their young players. Diablo Lenore? Is still on a rookie deal. Yeah. Aubrey Thomas is still on a rookie yep. deal. Traverius yep. Ward is locked up. Locked up. I don't and, know, man. And Gibson's I, on a cheap deal, and Gibson's been really good for this team over the last two seasons. We hype up Howie Roseman. He's done a great job. Yeah. A great job. John Lynch has been better. And Adam Peters? Been better. At least this year, they've been better. They've loaded They've been this better. Team. They've been better and this year. And guess what the best part about this year is? You get your first-round pick back next year. Yep. No doubt. They've done this without they've a first-round pick. done this without pick. a first-round pick, so... Just thinking about how Philly couldn't come close to that. And we know it out here, Super Bowl 54, we haven't got back to the Super Bowl yet. We here's, haven't. Here's the other element. And I know Sirianni has input on the offense. He wasn't calling plays. He got that taken away. Shane Steichen, Shane Steichen was a plays. big part of the you know yep. offense. If something's wrong with the Niner offense, Kyle Shanahan ain't going nowhere. No, We're not losing caller. a coordinator. We lost Mike McDaniels, and the offense has never been better. So... Just get this one. And you lost your defensive coordinator twice. Right. Steve Wilkes has him humming. He has him humming. He has I mean, him humming. They're number one defense again. I don't know. Number I, one defense again. And whether I or not it was a change, beat. whether or not it was changed from the press box to the sideline, I will always think that was a little overblown because the defense was still humming. Playing better. And they're still playing better. They're playing as well, I think. Even before they were 5-0, they were humming. Do you know how this many NFC was humming? You know how many NFC West uh, title? And I know we don't hang those banners, but you know the Niners have 21. They're about to get their 22nd NFC yep, West. No doubt. 22. And they've Second all straight. come basically in the last 40 years. It's kind of crazy. It is kind of wild. It is kind of wild. But Philadelphia not taking advantage of that. And now look at them. And now look at them. They are really, really so if you could get this, with everything set in place with Brock, because I know everybody's talking about, boy, where Brock Purdy has to get paid. Look out, Dick Fan keeps coming out. And that's years. a real thing. But you got two years for that. In the meantime, you still have Debo playing at his prime. You still have Ayuk entering his prime. You have George Kittle in his prime. You have McCaffrey in his prime. The window is now to take advantage of because you may never have an explosive offense like this ever again. This offense is that good. I'm telling you, man. Like I'm actually disappointed they only scored 28 yesterday. Well, I that's they, how good they are. They should have scored 35 or more. I mean, that's what I personally believed. But that's okay. They can they can win a game ugly. And then fourth quarter execution and closing the game out. The what they've done this year is drop that last hammer on yep. you. And they didn't do that yesterday. But they got some great interceptions. They do. They, Fred Water, by the way. Before we go out to the line, and a Fred great Water. stop. Fred Water. Listen to this one. So he had, he had his fourth interception yesterday. Yeah. It's just, just a litany of records getting broken here by this team. Fred Warner registered eight tackles and one interception yesterday. All right. It was the fourth interception of the season, eighth of his career. His four interceptions this season are tied for most by non DB in franchise history. Wow. Tied Jen Farmhorse, tied Keita Turner, tried Frank Dudley, and seven other players have three. But Fred Warner's at the top of that list. It also marked the sixth straight season in which he had, in which he's amassed 100 or more tackles. So he had 107 tackles on the season now. So no, six straight years over 100 tackles. No other non-DB has had this many. Keith Fanhorst, wow, that's Jeff Fanhorst, Keena Turner, and wow. Frank Nunley. He's tight with them now. Keena is an all-time legend that no one talks right. about. Non-quarterback interceptions, non-DB interceptions. He's got four. He's wow. got four. Let's go out to the Lions. I, I, I would have <laughs> thought Julian Peterson would have done that. Yeah, I, I would have thought that too. Wow, and Willis never did that. That's Fred Water. Fred Water, man, I mean, unbelievable. He could have had another one <laughs> for D Dave at Fresno. Dave, what's happening? What's up, Dave? 
Thanks for uh, getting me in there on the Victory Monday. Absolutely. Uh, I kind of just want to speak to that point. Uh, you guys been talking about, like, when will Brock Purdy get the recognition? And, you know, I, I honestly I feel like that's irrelevant. You guys already kind of touched on it. The goal is to win the Super Bowl. We're in a very unique situation. Our situation is like no other. Uh, we have a quarterback who's playing very well, who's getting paid, you know, minimal money. So that, that helps a lot. I think the questions honestly won't be answered. For Brock Purdy, think, uh, maybe not for a couple of years, because the NFL, you know, it's constant moving pieces, salary cap, and people coming in and out. I think the answers for him won't happen until, you know, he gets that contract and he has to play, you know, with the Mahomes contract, the Burrow, con Burrow contract, the Lamar contracts, where you make a lot of money and you have to sacrifice the pieces. So if you can understand that and still have, like, the same kind of production, the same kind of play, that's when I think the answer will be. So, the questions will stop. So, so we got a couple years for that. We have a couple years for that narrative to shift. But and he, you know what? That's okay. They can have their narratives. Well, as long as it's coming with two Super Bowl championships, I'm good. Well, and here's what Brock, you know, maybe we don't know. Brock could probably make a ton of money years from now. There was some Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, when they were both in the middle of their career, Brady always took less yep. than what he should have taken because he yep. knew he needed players around him. Yep. And Peyton consistently took the most. And that was a general theme throughout their careers. John Elway, when he got to Denver, had to beg Peyton Manning to take less, to yep. add more. And he waited till the end of his career. Mm. And if you look at it now, Peyton is, is sickly rich. I mean, there's no question about it. Do you think it sits well with him that him and Eli have the same amount of Super Bowls? No. Heck no. Heck no. I just look at Brock Purdy, and we'll see. You know, all these guys looks like a guy. Best. It looks like a guy who will take less, though. That's what I'm saying. It looks like it because he'll look back at the three games that they lost and say, I didn't have D-ball, I didn't have Trent. <laughs> and it's not all on Brock Purdy that they lost those football games. But he turned the ball over five times in five quarters, and it wasn't the same without D-ball and Trent Williams. I think he understands, first and foremost, I need talent around me. Hell, he played at Iowa State when you're going against Texas and Oklahoma every season, and you see all their players and all their athletes. You're thinking, boy, it'd be nice to have some of those dudes on my team. Well, and here's he, the other gets thing. It. Here's the other thing that Brock has that a lot of guys don't get. Have you seen how many commercials this guy's been in? Well, he's starting to rack them up. Clearly, the the team is helping you know get certain sponsors that are aligned with the team to have him as one of their main spokesmen. He is Middle America sell worthy. Yeah, right away. Right away. Middle America loves yeah. Brock Purdy. No doubt. That's a good him. point. Good point. Toyota um, commercials up the wazoo. Yeah, so I, I believe Brock Purdy would understand. Like I need dudes around me in order for me to be at my best. I need dudes around me. And that's not a knock on anybody. All the great quarterbacks have talent around them. Like this whole, this misnomer that people knock people. Oh, man, you need to do it without said player. Why? Every Look, look at the NBA. How many times How many times do you need a superstar or two to win an NBA championship? We saw Brady lose to the Titans at home with a pick six because he had no weapons. Yeah, Kimbrough Hopkins. The, Thought he was washed. The very next year, he <laughs> went Mike Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Gronkowski, and they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I know. The very next You're year. Right. <laughs> the very next year. And we thought he was done. Yeah. Newsflash. Weapons matter. Weapons matter. They matter a but, lot. By the way, this last one, little nugget out of Fred Warner before we go back out to the lines. Warner, six straight seasons with 100 or more tackles, surpassed former linebacker Derek Smith for the most by 49ers in playoff franchise history. Wow. So he has more 100 or more tackle seasons than any linebacker in Niners history. Patrick Willis had four. Navarro Bowman had four. Derek Smith had five. Fred Warner's at the top of that chain. With six. Right, look. Bosa yesterday, sack and a half in that football game. 
He's now third all time in sacks by a 49er with 52 and a half sacks all time. There's a Gail Sayers, Barry Sanders element to the Patrick Willis mystique because he only played so many years. Eight years. But I think when it's all said and done, I'm telling you, man. Warner will be the guy. I. I think you, and that's not a knock on Pat. What I'm saying is, is like longevity when we talk about the greats does matter. Like Calvin will never be better than Jerry Rice. <laughs> Calvin Johnson, he didn't play long enough. Like it's just, it just is what it is. And Calvin may have been more prolific in his short period of time, but when you look at longevity, that that's what separates the greats of the greats. And Patrick's body with the toe, turf toe and all yeah. that. But like I, I think when it's all said and done, if Fred can, if he gets not, a ring, and he stays healthy, that's what I'm saying. He will be the guy, not fifty-two, but fifty-four, and, and that's and not a, that's not a disrespect no, towards Patrick Willis. I'm elevating. Look, look at these numbers. Exactly. Look at the numbers. He got four interceptions this year. Willis never did that. Willis never did that in a season. Four interceptions this year. Fred is hundred or more tackles in six straight seasons. That's yep. number uno as a 49er linebacker. The, the the way that he communicates pre-snap and the way that he's moving and all the different subtle subtle things that he. Does.